You are listening to The Drive, a podcast created to encourage and empower educators and parents as they move to and from work, navigating life while asking questions and learning to receive the answers with grace. It's your girl, your bestie, your auntie, your sister friend, Melissa Don, an international educator and thought leader who has invested time in four different countries to learn about God, myself, and diverse cultures. I'm Adrian, a millennial worldwide educational leader with lots of sass, who is growing, learning, and exploring in partnership with others. We definitely don't have all the answers, yet we are excited to explore all the questions that come to us on The Drive. Melissa, 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 we're back. Season two, episode two. How are you feeling? I'm over here feeling the vibes, okay? It is a nice, wonderful cool breeze coming through this fabulous apartment that I'm in looking at the amazing view that God has blessed me with so I'm feeling the vibes of 2021 it's all good over here what about you how's episode two going for you episode two so far so good fighting a little bit of a stomach ache but other than that I am enjoying it and it's so nice when I have someone like you to get my mind off of things like that and we can dive into some really high quality discussions but before we get into our actual discussion we need to share how we're pulling up and I'm so excited to hear about your new pull-ups this season and how you're pulling up in various pairs of shoes. I'm sticking with our vehicles and I am in a tube, you know, the floating tubes and water. Yes, I have a thing about water, but no rain. It's me and a friend floating in tubes, holding hands, enjoying it, kicking back. The water's a bit cold on my bum, but that's okay. I'm enjoying all the caves that I'm looking at, all the history, all the amazingness as we slowly float and allow the current to guide us. How about you? How are you pulling up? Drivers, you know, I'm walking into my classroom on solid ground, okay? So for those of you that are feeling like, I don't know about that water, Adrian, you can walk in with me. I'm walking into my classroom with some amazing knee-high boots, okay, strapped in tight, feeling secure about my life, feeling covered, okay, and I got a little, come on now, a little kitten heel. I'm not trying to come in, you know, just stomping and crushing things, but I do want people to know I'm elevated by the new season that's happening in my life, and that's how I'm walking into my classroom this episode let's get into some of these questions y'all know how we do we love to ask questions so we have been talking about growth and gratitude in season two if you had a chance to check out episode one you must must admit that that perfect score was giving us life okay and of course educators we aren't talking about a perfect score in the classroom on paper. We're talking about a perfect score in life. Well, we're going to go a little deeper with that conversation in episode two. And Adrian and I are going to get into some more ways that you can celebrate and show joy. Right. So the question is, drivers, how do you celebrate growth in the classroom? 
Melissa and I are going to help guide that conversation as we talk about how we celebrate small wins, big wins, having learning celebrations, and including parents in the community in that growth celebration. So this is going to be a jam-packed episode full of learning, sharing, and celebration. I wanted to start off with a video that kind of turns celebration and growth on its head. So it talks about a world without teachers. And I think thinking about how the world is without teachers gives us a lot of space to think about other ways we can celebrate growth. It may not be data, may not be those things that we see on papers, but are things that we really should celebrate because these are the reasons I think we came into the classroom. Let's check out that video right now. <laughs> That's what you're gonna ask her too? Um, That's a hard question. Well, without teachers. What would the world be like without teachers? Um, Chaos. Sad. Because I won't learn anything. The younger generation wouldn't have anyone to look up to, to learn from. Walk around ignorant. I mean, we could keep the teachers, but just no homework. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Everybody would be going cuckoo and we wouldn't know anything. I think that is the scariest thought that anyone could ever have. I think it would be craziness just because I feel like teachers are, besides our parents, the first pe people we meet who like shape who we become. I haven't always been like the best student throughout my whole life. I was always in trouble. I had suffered three F's, and I realized, like, oh, whoa, I need to fix that, you know? Fourth grade was over. I'm here fifth grade. We graduate sixth grade. Hey, Ms. Gonzalez, how you doing? And then she's like, oh, yeah, I heard these are your grades. What's going on in that science class? Like, she was, like, totally just keeping up, and I just felt like, whoa, like, something's different about that. Gave me, gave me the, the time of day, mostly. It was, very, uh, we, it was very engaged in stuff that I was doing. Even though I was in detention, I was still uh, learning. And she, she, she was the one teacher who really saw a lot in me to, to make me feel like I wasn't, I wasn't the kid that other teachers were saying. And there was a point where I said, okay, I'm gonna fail my French class because I haven't been there. So I haven't done any homework. I'm just gonna drop out before I fail. And then she specifically came to me and said, no, I'm gonna work out a deal with you so that if you stay, you won't fail. We did, um, didn't do good school. She would chew you out, but she will always give you a chance to make it up. You know what I mean? She'll never put you low standard and just leave you there. You know, and that's one thing I like about teachers. You know, they, you know, they, they, they won't leave you behind. You know, and when I got when I got accepted into colleges, the first thing I thought is like, I better go. And I better go and tell her I'm gonna be like, guess what? I got into Penn State, I got into a UC, I got into all these colleges. Actually inspired me to pursue political science. She's basically the one that taught me to just keep trying. I can accomplish more than I probably think I can. I really, I felt it, like, she didn't have to do that. But As you can see, drivers, it's very important that we recognize that there would be no classroom without students and teachers. That wherever the student is, wherever the teacher is, that's where the classroom is. So we aren't just talking about celebrating growth within the four walls. As many of you know, you are at home creating a classroom. Many of you are teachers teaching from your kitchen table. Many of you are teachers teaching from a truck or a vehicle. So we want to acknowledge that the classroom is where the teacher is. There would be no classroom 
without the teacher. There would be no classroom without the students. And so as we go into this virtual space that everyone has been so privileged to be able to have, to have the technology to connect in a virtual space, to have the technology to create these online courses, we want to acknowledge that there would be no classroom without the teacher. And where the teacher is, that is where the classroom is. So we first want to celebrate all of those teachers out there, all of those educators out there, all of those parents that have sacrificed their jobs, sacrificed their homes to be able to create these classrooms where we can talk about celebrating growth. So let's get into this amazing question of how do we celebrate growth in our classrooms or shall I say kitchen tables? And shall I say Zoom, Google Class, shall we say Seesaw Class? Come on. We have so many places that we are now identifying as classrooms. How do we celebrate growth in those amazing classrooms? So one thing that I really appreciate that the clip highlights is that some of our wins are with individuals and kind of hard to measure. So kind of looking very personally and individually at students that we've made that very firm connection with, that student who comes to us with issues and things that they're struggling with. I also thought back to last episode when we talked about um, failing forward and failure can be the springboard to growth, right? It can be as you're failing forward, you're springing off to actually have new places and opportunities for growth. So a lot of the things that you heard share were opportunities where students weren't really doing their best or weren't where they wanted to be and the teacher wanted them to be. And that teacher intervened to make a shift in that student's life. And then relationships matter and growth happens in partnership that I know I've grown working with you, working with others. And when people push you and even challenge you about some of your thinking and how you process information, how you move forward, those are where growth can really, really start. So kind of remembering some of the intangible parts of growth, because I feel like we spend a lot of time talking about the growth in data, the growth in all these various different areas. So that's one thing I really wanted to bring up. I think it's important to celebrate both, both those intangible wins where you get those beautiful notes from students that you hang up on your wall or those more tangible um, wins that are about the data where you see kids moving multiple reading levels and, you know, meeting standards and meeting growth expectations on map and all of that good stuff. Yeah, for me, I'm really excited about this conversation of celebration because I believe it's a very important part of self-care. I was online with uh, some educators, some other admin, and uh, I've had the privilege of being able to be an admin, being able to be a home tutor, being able to be a teacher. I've spent my entire career in education over 20 plus years. And the one thing that we were really excited about and we were really thinking about was the self-care and being able to celebrate the care that we have for ourselves. So I'm really, really grateful that the way that I show celebration is through honoring how we have cared for ourselves, honoring when we are able to bring in a healthy snack, honoring when we are able to drink our water bottles, and honoring when we are present. Because in this space that we're currently in, in the world that we're living in now, Being present is powerful. I know the word that God gave me for 2021 was to be present, 
be prayerful and to be prosperous. And he wants me to be prosperous and be in good health, even as my soul prospers. So for me, I want to make sure that we're all acknowledging and celebrating the fact that we are even present for school that day. Just the fact that you walk into the classroom, just the fact that your child showed up on the computer screen, just the fact that you found a space to be able to hook up your computer in the midst of all that's going on around you and provide a safe space for you to teach calls for celebration, okay? Can somebody say celebrate? Can somebody say celebrate, okay? Don't deny the fact that you have showed up. You know how it, you know how it is, sister friends. You all already know educators and drivers out there. When we get that perfect attendance in elementary, we still get excited about it and we still act like it is everything. Well, in such a time as this where being present is such a critical part of our day and our education system with so many times that we were not able to gather together, being present is definitely a part of the celebration of growth in the classroom. Another way that I really love to celebrate is to do some of the things that we've all heard of from Lucy Calkins and other people that have created these wonderful curriculums. As you know, Lucy Calkins is an amazing um, writer that has created the writing workshop and the reading workshop out of New York in the United States. And she has a moment where you compliment the student before you give any teaching points. And I really love that to make sure that the first thing that we do is to acknowledge something that is done well. We've all heard of the compliment sandwich where you compliment and then you maybe give a teaching point and then you compliment again, where we sandwich in some of those teaching points with compliments in the beginning and the end. So being very purposeful about our words is very powerful to me. I know I was listening to an educator and I was listening to some of the things that were coming out of her mouth and it really made me mindful of the things that I say because I want to make sure that I'm always speaking life to the students and always speaking life to the situation and not just facts because the reality is I'm there to change the facts and to create a new synergistic reality where everybody wins. So to be able to watch what we say and to give compliments and to find a place to celebrate is powerful. As we all know, what we look for, we will find. And if we're looking for a compliment in the child's work, if we're looking for a compliment moment in the child's life, we will find it. What about you, Adrian? What are some ways that you celebrate growth in the classroom beyond some of the individual type things? What are some things that you as an educational leader have shown your teachers to do that has been successful? One thing that um, I've talked a lot with teachers about is about the golden rule. And there's a body of research that started with actually researching marriages and relationships and talked about like this ratio of positive to negative um, interactions and that marriages that last is like 98 or 95 percent 
is where there's at least a three to one ratio of like positive to negative interactions. And so reminding teachers to always be looking and on the lookout for those. They've looked it up and they said for students who struggle, it can be up to eight to one. Right. So where students who have had been categorized as the air quotes bad kid or the struggling kid may need up to eight positive interactions for every kind of corrective, more negative interaction. And so finding ways to really celebrate that kid authentically on a regular basis is one thing. The other thing that I recently in Clubhouse was talking about was creating a power list for yourself as an educator and that power list being a place where you can celebrate for yourself. So you prioritize and you have the must do's, the would like to do's in the Ooh, this would be great if I could. And then every day when you're at least getting through those must-dos, finding ways to celebrate with them. One last thing that I absolutely love is um, feedback, because I feel like feedback, just like you were talking about for Lucy Calkins, is the vehicle to being able to celebrate, right? Although you're giving someone some corrective action, you can use that space to celebrate a lot. And so one thing I like talking about is Austin's butterfly. So Austin's butterfly is used as an example through EL, which used to stand for expeditionary learning, where they share a way for students to give feedback to each other. But within that feedback, you're also celebrating how that student's grown, what they've done, and it's a constant editing process. So the student, Austin, first draws a butterfly, and he's supposed to draw a scientific representation of a butterfly. And instead, he draws the basic butterfly that we see with the curved wings that look like a B and a three um, backwards and, you know, have the little um, antennae. And that did not really match the monarch butterfly. So the students give them feedback. Oh, I like how you did this. Next time, consider that. How about um, doing this? And then he doesn't go, oh, I really like how you've done these things. You could do this next time. He ends up going through about think seven iterations of this butterfly and by the end that butterfly that you see on that paper you would never believe a first grader created but all of that was sparked through students celebrating and giving constructive feedback to each other and that's a really powerful tool and as a teacher really celebrating students being honest and vulnerable with each other to share their work, to give feedback to others and to reflect on their own practice. So I think those are some of the things that I work a lot with my teachers on and how we can build that capacity within our classrooms. As you all know, everyone has an evaluation tool when it comes to what is distinguished and what is proficient in the classroom. We have several different models when we look through our shelves in the classroom those of you that are working online, we've created some evaluation models to even look at some of the things that my sister friend and I have been talking about. Well, Charlotte Danielson is one of those people that I look to. And for her, a distinguished level four class is definitely characterized by no disrespecting students, no disrespectful behavior among students, and something that I really love and speak to is that students clap enthusiastically for one another's presentations. They clap for a job well done. And that is when you have really entered into a distinguished split, a distinguished, oh, let me get the words out, distinguished space when you see other students encouraging 
each other, when you see your students encouraging each other, and even for parents, because as we know, I believe that parents are the first teachers, okay? When you get to a place where your son and your daughter, they are encouraging each other, you have hit the distinguished spot as it relates to parenting. When you get to a place where your son and your other son, they're encouraging each other, that sibling celebration, powerful, very powerful. We want to be able to facilitate that type of habit. And one of the things that I want to speak to when it talks about being present and why I believe that it's important to really go deeper into this space is because if you read any book, The Power of Habit, Atomic Habits, Tiny Habits, they really talk about celebrating the small changes. Sometimes we make our celebrations too big. We want to celebrate at the end of the unit all the work that we've done. I want to encourage you to celebrate that they picked up the pencil, that they put the pencil to the paper. Celebrate those small, tiny habits, the things that we think they should do. That's where you're going to get that eight to one. That's where you're going to find yourself in this space of looking for the win and celebrating the win by creating a habit of acknowledging. Wow, you picked up your pencil quickly today. Wow, you really came in and was ready to learn. Because how are we going to have eight to one in positive interactions without acknowledging those tiny habits that make our life in the classroom, our life online, and our life at home successful? So I'm really excited about all that we have been learning, all that we have been talking about. We have really gotten some amazing information as it relates to celebration. And I just want to celebrate you all for even being online and going deeper with us into this conversation. So, Melissa, those small ones are super important. You're right. They definitely get us closer and closer to that eight to one ratio, particularly for our high need students. And I think some of the shift with the big wins is rethinking how we go about big wins. How do we go about that celebration of big wins in our classroom that is unique and different than just the, oh, let's all read at the end. So exactly. inviting in. You're like so tired of reading at the end. Like I'm like, okay, <laughs> right. at the end. And when in right. fact, you know, after we've done so many small wins with each other, it's like, no, let's take this big, huge win to the next level and bring in someone else. So I'm excited. Right. I'm leaning into this, Adrian. Tell me more. So when we're thinking about these end of unit celebrations that we think about all the time, how can we make them more authentic so that the people that we invite in make sense and matter? So you're doing some science research. Let's bring in some experts in science. This is a great time to reach out to parents who may have expertise in this area. But with Zoom and this global world that we're in now, we could even reach out to experts all over the world and have students have a chance to actually present their learning, their ideas, what they've done, their hard work to a bigger audience and a bigger platform where that celebration of all those small wins gives them the confidence to step up into this big realm and say, look, 
this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. And this is how I move forward and keeping parents involved in that because, you know, parents want to celebrate everything with their children. And I feel like sometimes when we're thinking about end of unit celebrations it's very, very rote. It's the same thing. It looks the same. It doesn't have to look the same. Our students making proposals about things that could really affect a bigger community. If so, why are they talking to you? Why are they talking to you, the teacher? And you're not going to make any changes about that. Invite the people who can. You can reach out to congressmen, congresswomen, your local um, aldermen or whatever the title might be to really have the students have some real quality experiences. So, yes, small wins all day. Let's do that. But let's transform how we look at our big win celebrations. I 100% agree. I know for me, I'm super excited about big win celebrations that involve the student taking on the role as teacher or educator. For example, it would be amazing if there were a big win celebration that involved giving adults the quiz. Let's find out how much the adults know. Let's pop quiz them. Let's send out a survey for them. Let's create some sustainable change by making sure that they understand what parts are successful when it comes to sustainability in recycling. Let's make sure that parents understand what is needed to be successful in growing your knowledge. So I would love to really be able to put the teaching role in the hands of our young scholars in the hands of our students and say, hey, it's time to celebrate all that you know. What does that look like as it relates to informing your parents and informing our community and informing the world? Oftentimes, we look at celebrations as the student is going to do something. Well, why not look at celebrations as if the parents are going to do something while the students check to ensure that the parents have a clear understanding of what is to be done? For example, if we are studying how to be an active global citizen, let's let the student create a checklist that the parents can follow to ensure that they are doing their job as active global citizens. We all know we love a good hot long shower but I guarantee if you were to take a survey from a student that has been studying active global citizenship they would probably put on there to reduce your use of water (laughs) it's a win-win for everybody let's give a round of applause on that Yeah, it definitely is a win-win. I love that putting it, putting the onus on someone else, putting the onus on the adults who are around to make action, to move and do something differently and not just on the kids. I really, I really love that. Um, And it's almost like I was, the example I was going to share, I'm like, ah, now I have to kind of rethink my example of like how we can rethink um, end of celebrations, end of unit celebrations. So thank you for that, Melissa. I love when you challenge thinking and push us to move forward on the um, nozzle in education. Well, it has been an amazing (laughs) opportunity to be able to share some of my celebrations, some of the things that I love to do, some of my wishes, some of my dreams. It's been wonderful being on with you today, Adrian. And I'm just really grateful that we are in this mindset of gratitude and growth because I think that 
the more that we celebrate our growth, the more we will grow. So thank you so much for being on with me today. Thank you. I love this glass, not half full, glass full, full um, outlook on what's happening in education, what's happening with us and how we can always nudge ourselves just a little bit more. And thank you for being a part of that and pushing me and my own thinking about where I am and what I do with my educators. All right, educators, it's time to drive on off. Y'all know how we do. Au revoir. Sajan. I see the same. Goodbye. Aloha. Adios. I'm still with the same ones. That's okay. Peace. And we're out. Peace. God bless you all. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe to The Drive with Adrian and Melissa, a podcast created to educate and inform. We are here for you, and we thank you for supporting us and being here for us. See you all at the next book club. Bye-bye. <laughs>